the technical busy work required to produce a podcast can be a struggle. Establishing trust with clients and increasing sales for your company with your own podcast is something you can do well. We interview the top podcasters in the industry to provide hacks and insights to help you start and scale your podcast. Welcome to The Smooth Podcast. Hello, people. Welcome back to another episode of The Smooth Podcast. Today, I have the true honor of having an incredible podcast host that every other Friday he talks to some of the, of the world's greatest pizzaolos, bakers and artisans about their craft. So you can hear their backstories, discover their secrets, techniques and inspiration while listening to their meticulous process as they describe how they make their truly sublime pizzas. People, welcome Steve Dolinsky. Steve, thank you and welcome to the show. Hey, Martin, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Steve, first question because we know that you've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. Why start a podcast? Like, why is it a good way to like boost your business? Well, I think you have you have to have a podcast these days. I mean, I know everybody has a podcast, right? Yeah. But I think it depends on the industry. I've been in journalism for over 25 years. And so producing content, it's not foreign to me. It comes very easily. And so I just figured out a way to make sure that I could get the right tools. And I've had, I mean, I've been freelancing for radio for years. And the sound recording is just, it's right up my alley. And so I just figured, you know, why not do a podcast? I started doing one with Rick Bayless, the chef and owner of Frontera Grill in Topolobampo here in Chicago called The Feed. We started about like 2015, which is eons ago. We did that show every week for several years, and it really took a toll mm -hmm. because we had a producer, but it was still a lot of material. And I figured there had to be an easier way. And so I had been, I had launched a pizza tour business several years ago, and I have a pizza book in Chicago, and we have a tour business. And I thought, gosh, well, pizza, pizza seems to be an easy subject to talk about. Everybody loves yeah. it. There didn't, at the time, seem to be any podcast dedicated to pizza, at least in the way that I wanted to cover it, which was not just, you know, I like to eat pizza yeah. and anybody can do that, <laughs> but really taking a reporter's perspective and digging deep and talking about some of the history and the pizza makers and some of the, the craft. Yeah. And so I launched Pizza City just over two years ago. And we, I've been really diligent about every other Friday creating a new show. Well, I mean, who doesn't love pizza? Like you can have amazing combinations with, with pizza, not only toppings, but like, I mean, pizza is a worldwide food and yeah, who doesn't love pizza? So that sounds yeah. amazing. Your episodes are amazing. And how has th that idea, that initial idea of the podcast evolved since you started this first podcast in 2015 and then moved into Pizza City? Well, I, I would say that it's evolved in that I'm getting better at sound production. I no longer, I don't do anything remotely. I do everything in person. And so I've gotten pitches from people like, will you come do a, a show on our, my pizzeria in Atlanta? And I, I just can't. I mean, part of this is having the credibility and you know, being honest with people. And if, if I didn't like a pizza somewhere, I'm not going to do a whole show on it. Yeah. There has to be something compelling about it. So I figured that, you know, I would only do these in person and I was going to stick to that rule. And I think it's also evolved to the point where, you know, I've got advertisers. I mean, this is a unique niche and people want to be sort of in and around that niche. 
and whether you're an oven company or a sauce company or a cheese brand. And as long as we take ourselves very seriously, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we do take the subject seriously because we want to help people become better pizza makers. And so that's kind of, you know, so I feel like it's evolved that way as well. But, you know, I, I like the idea that it's, it's digestible in terms of timing. Some podcasts go well over an hour and I just don't think people have that kind of commitment to listening to a show. I know, I know my time is valuable. So I try to keep them all between 25 and 30 minutes. Awesome. In that order of ideas, with this uniqueness of the format of your podcast, what is the number one way this has helped you and, and your journalism business or your freelance business as a content creator? It's helped me become extremely efficient. You know, I really, yeah. I mean, I've always awesome. been good at working by myself. Yeah. And in fact, I was at ABC here in Chicago for 17 years. And during the pandemic, uh, I really had to pivot back to my roots, which was shooting and editing all of my own material. Mm-hmm. And you'd think, gosh, in the third largest market in the country, in Chicago, you have to do, you know, shoot by yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's what the industry, you know, that's how it's evolved. And so I think with the podcasting, you know, I realized, well, I don't need a mixing board. I don't need a producer. I don't need all this extra stuff. I bought a really good microphone. I use a Shure, I think it's called a 5MB for my in-studio, which is basically in my closet recording. And then I have a, a Marantz and a TAC field recorder that's got a big windscreen on it. And I wear, you know, good headphones. But I think, you know, having a good mic, having good headphones, doing things in person, not doing phoners, that really made a difference. That's why the show, I think it's had a pretty good following. Nice. That sounds very good. And I mean, that's great advice. Like in this, in this industry, yes, you can do things by yourself or you can do things with a great big team and the quality can be like very similar about it. So what has been the biggest mistake or the biggest lesson you have learned in podcasting? Biggest lesson in podcasting is probably you don't need a team of people. People are, you can be pretty resourceful, I think, on your own. So you don't need to spend a lot of money. Yes. Um, I would say the biggest mistake I made was not checking out the podcast networks we were working with initially. Mm-hmm. We were doing the feed, you know, and we had a really good show and, and a pretty good following and a very loyal following. We partnered with some brands like Podcast One that did not turn out to be great and Himalaya, which didn't turn out to be great and megaphone and just a lot of people that make promises mm-hmm. and that, that can't help deliver. And I think that I'd be more careful about jumping into bed, so to speak with a podcast network, making sure it's the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Well, earlier before we started recording, you told me that you are right now monetizing your podcast and you got a sponsor. So that is really exciting. So tell me and our listeners a little bit about your experience with monetization of the podcast. How successful has this been? Because I mean, get it, getting sponsored is big. Yeah. Well, when I first started, you know, we work with these networks and I figured they were going to do all the work because that was their job. And they got me a couple of reads for various brands. Mm-hmm. And I would do like, you know, we do the insertion when we upload the show. And that seemed to be going okay, although I wasn't really getting paid very much money from that once they took their cut. And I figured, you know, why couldn't I just sell directly to the brand? Yeah. Um, I, had, I had a compelling project. I put together a deck, you know, presentation kind of on PowerPoint explaining 
know, who I am, what the show is, who our audience is, what we yes. cover. Mm-hmm. We've been recognized in some national media for what we do. And I just pitched directly to brands. And yeah. now, you know, Baccio cheese is on board for the second time. And Fontanini sausage is on board and pizza master ovens are on board. And so, you know, we can actually pay for our expenses and then some by just going directly to the brands. And I think, you know, we don't need to have a million downloads. We're, we're far from that. Yeah. Uh, but because we have a niche, because we have a very dedicated core audience, that's where these brands want to be. That sounds awesome. And I love it because everyone starts somewhere. And I, I think in podcasting, it's really important to identify that audience and those, as, as you said, those podcasting networks that really fit your vision and your mission with your podcast and what do you want to do. So identifying that audience, that niche, that networks, and those brands which you can partner with is very important. And that is something that you have done very successfully. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, it's really important to understand who you are and, and what, your, what your brand is, I guess, if that's the right word. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of, like if you were in self-help, there's just a lot of self-help. If you're in food, there's a lot of food. But yeah. then you sort of drill down and you say, well, you know, in the self-help, how many are on people who maybe are recovering alcoholics who like to do yoga Yes. And who live on the West Coast, like you know, or if you're in food, how many are into pizza that are specifically pizza makers that want to get better at making pizza? You yeah. know, that if you can drill down, that's where you get, to, I think, to be interesting. Yes. Well, listeners, there you have an amazing advice: drill down very deep to find your audience, and that is great, great, great advice. Steve, last question. What is the number one podcast hack or is something you think people really need to know about starting or growing a podcast? This may be a tip to help you grow the audience, ease operations, grow leads, whatever you, you want it to be. Well, I, I think, I mean, based on what I've learned, I think doing other shows like what I'm doing right now, you know, being another podcast, exposing yourself to other audiences is very important. Because Absolutely. you just never know where you'll reach someone in an audience that may not have heard your show before. So I think that doing outreach, doing other shows is, is really important. And yeah, but that's, that's probably the most important is trying to get booked on other shows. Absolutely. I agree with you. And it's all about networking, right? It's all about handing help and giving help to other people. And it's just a mutual growth exercise like we are just doing right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, one year I went to the podcast, there's like a network for podcasters, like, it's like a convention. It was in Anaheim several years ago. And I went and I learned a lot about the industry and learned a lot about, you know, the technical side of it as well. Yeah. It's, it's easier to break into it than people think. Yes, absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming over. It's been amazing. We will leave all the details of your podcast in the show notes and in the podcast description. Where can people find you if they want to like contact you or know more about what you do? The two easiest things are my personal website, which is Steve Dolinsky, that's with a Y, dot com, or PizzaCityUSA.com. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you for coming over to the show. You have given great advice. Listeners, go, go ahead and check Steve's 
podcast. It is amazing. And if you love pizza and love food, I know you will enjoy it. Steve, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you in another episode of the Smooth Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Smooth Podcast. Be sure to visit us at smoothpodcasting.com and follow us on social media for resources, show notes, and all you want to know about podcasting. Podcasting.